Welcome to the Freelancers Club. This is a podcast for freelancers, self-employed people and those who tend to work alone, as well as anyone who's thinking about getting into the freelance game. Everyone's welcome. Here we share the highs and lows of being self-employed and give each other a little support along the way. No business advice or upskilling suggestions here. This is about creating a space just for ourselves. So grab a cup of something and take a break with me. I'm LJ and I'm a freelance copywriter. It's great to have you along. Today we'll be looking at the art of procrastination and ways to tackle it. I love a list. I find that lists really help order my mind and mean I can stop worrying about forgetting something because it's on the list. I also love the satisfaction of ticking stuff off. But one thing about making lists is it's very easy to get so carried away with making the list that nothing actually ever gets done. It's like when I was at school and my friends would make these gorgeous, colour-coded, beautifully illustrated works of art that they called revision timetables, carefully divided by the half hour with snack breaks and fresh air breaks carefully woven in. But they spent so much time on these plans that the actual revision somehow got lost. It's a wonder any of them ever ended up passing anything. I, on the other hand, spent a great deal of time sitting in my revision chair. It was this massive, soft armchair that my sister had left behind after going to uni. It was revision in comfort, and I managed to pass all my exams without the revision timetable of procrastination. It's highly recommended. But those colourful revision plans of my friends were the ultimate procrastination tool. They felt like they were achieving something without actually getting to the final goal, which was revising. And I've seen that in the freelance game. It can be so easy to get sidetracked that your list of important tasks somehow gets forgotten about, or at least the deadlines slide, dates shift, more important things come in, and you lose sight of your main aims. But why do we do this? And what can we do about it? Well, freelancing takes determination. There's no paycheck at the end of the month unless we do the hard graft to find the work and then remember to invoice for it. We're constantly faced with potential rejection, that can be hard. Sometimes it's easier to sit and plan what we're going to do, rather than actually get on and do it and face that potential rejection. And there's no big boss to give you the kick up the backside to actually get on with it. So here's my advice. Just start. I recently wrote a piece about this for a bridal magazine, but I think it's so relevant to us all. Taking that first tiny step is the hardest part, but once you've done it, you'll realise it wasn't that hard. You'll feel a sense of achievement for doing it and it'll motivate you and excite you to take the next step. So what's stopping you? No, really, what is stopping you? Take a good look at the reasons that may be fueling your procrastination. Are you scared of failing or letting someone down, making the right or wrong choices? Or is there so much in your head that you just don't know where to start? These are all common themes in daily life, but they're magnified when you're self-employed or work alone when you've got no one right there to give you that little nudge or confidence boost. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but failure is inevitable. We never win at everything. Winston Churchill famously said, success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. I quite like that. You just have to dig in and keep going. There's another quote that I like from American comedian Chris Hardwick that says, No human ever became interesting by not failing. The more you fail and recover and improve, the better you are as a person. 
We don't get things right all the time. And it's only by failing learning and trying again that we become stronger, more well-rounded, interesting individuals. And that should lessen your fear of failing. Just have a go, give it your best shot. And other people don't expect us to get everything right all the time because they themselves don't, which leads us on to looking at procrastinating because we're scared of letting people down. We do our best. That's all we can do. And that's all anyone expects of us. Anything else is an unrealistic expectation. If you're scared of letting someone down, manage their expectations first. Give them a clear picture of where you're at and what you're planning or looking to achieve and set timescales against it. It may be that this whole freelancing game is a bit of a gamble and that you don't want to let people who have invested time and money and belief in you down. Well, I always think honesty is the best policy. People love to help each other out. Go and find the help you need, whether that's with bookkeeping, inspiration, marketing. Take that first teeny step and talk about it with someone. Talk, talk, talk. Make that choice to just step out of your comfort zone and get some advice or help. And talking of choices, the fear of making the wrong choices can be a major problem when it comes to procrastination. Every day we are faced by a barrage of choices and procrastinating is a great way of never having to make a decision. The more we dawdle around decision making, the harder it becomes to make any choices at all, even those smaller decisions, and we end up wrapping ourselves up with the fear of making the wrong choice. Well, I honestly believe that there are very few absolute wrong choices in life. Yes, there are different consequences and results of our choices, but I believe that good can come through most decisions and that sometimes a choice that seems risky often has the best result, even if it's a little way down the line. Take a breath and focus on what's in front of you right now. Tackle that small thing and then the next step will appear and you can tackle that narrow your horizon to what's immediately in front of you even if it's what colour pants to put on in the morning just start a tiny start and the weight of making wrong choices will ease and if it all goes wrong well that takes us back up to point number one we all fail and fall it's how we learn it's how we pick ourselves up that's important recognizing that it's a learning curve and identifying what needs to change in ourselves and our outlook and actions next time around it's having that clear head that helps identify what's gone wrong. But what if your head seems so full that you're twisting yourself up and can't seem to make a start on anything? I find that pushing a virtual reset button helps in these situations. Take a break, whether that's going for a walk in the fresh air without your phone, taking a weekend break somewhere different to change your horizon, or just stopping, closing your eyes and taking five deep breaths making a clean break with that overwhelmed feeling and starting again. We need to sort out that jumble in our heads. So make a list of five or 10 things that you're going to achieve this week. If you've got a list as long as your arm, just take a few things from it, write them on a new list and start over. Short-term goals are important here so you can get to the end of the week and see what you've achieved. That list is your first step, your just start. That shouldn't feel too much of a hard task and you'll feel such a sense of pride when it's done. I know when I have a jam-packed to-do list I can get pretty overwhelmed but I find that it helps to number those tasks in order and give myself just a few to complete in a day. Overcoming procrastination is all about having faith that what we're doing is worthwhile and will be fabulous. 
I've seen so many good ideas wasted through people not having the confidence or not knowing how to start. But imagine if the Beatles had just stayed playing for their own joy at school or JK Rowling had just enjoyed daydreaming of a sweet little wizard and not ever put pen to paper. Now, I'm not suggesting every idea is a multi-million pound vision, but all these things start with a first step. Just start. And then don't give up. And then don't forget to reward yourself. But what can we do to take that first step, to stop procrastinating and motivate ourselves to do that thing that's been buzzing around our heads, however big or small it is? It might just be ticking off something that's been on your list for a while, emailing someone, catching up with a friend, or something that's a bit bigger, approaching a new potential client or pitching for work that seems a bit scary or out of your comfort zone. Whatever it is, it all starts with a start, a first small step. You can do it. Just start. Now is the part of the podcast where I want to bring in another member of the Freelancers Club, just so you don't get too bored of the sound of my voice. So joining me today is Beth Hawking. She used to be a freelancer, but has gone back to employment. And I thought it would be a treat to get her perspective on the freelancers game and share a little of her story. Beth, welcome to the Freelancers Club. Hello, thank you. So as always, my guests bring an interesting fact about themselves. So Beth, what is your interesting fact, please? I saw Basil Fawlty on my honeymoon. You saw Basil Fawlty, the actual Basil Fawlty on your honeymoon? Well, pretty much, yes. Wow. Unmistakable, John Cleese. He just wandered into the restaurant where we were having dinner and uh, my husband and I both went, oh my God, it's Basil Fawlty. And we were very distracted for the rest of dinner. It was really unromantic. I was just thinking I wouldn't have been able to look at anything else, just stare at him open-mouthed. Yes, a little bit. We were we were quite distracted. And then he was joined by, among others, Alison Steadman, who's my hero, Pam from Gavin and Stacey. Amazing. And Sue Johnston from, well, from everything, but the royal family in most recent years. Yeah, I think they must have just wrapped up a play or a series or something like that. And they were all having dinner. That's amazing. And otherwise, that's quite, quite an unusual gathering of, of people who knew they were best friends. So tell us a little about your story then. When did you go freelance and what kind of, what first encouraged you to go freelance? I went freelance in a very, very gentle way for the first time. It was more of a therapy than than a money-making exercise. Uh, I was recovering from brain surgery in the winter of 2009. So I'm coming up for 10 years on on that anniversary. Uh, And I couldn't really do anything because you can't when you've had major anesthesia and you've got a big hole in your head and you're recovering so I uh, I learned to crochet and uh, I did nothing but crochet all day until I had a pile of hats and scarves and gloves up to the ceiling <laughs> and I sort of dipped my toe into working for myself by setting up um, a little online shop on a, on a website called Folksy and it was like a precursor to Etsy and I, I did a Facebook page and I photographed my products and I sold them and, and all this. And so it was very gentle. Um, and I kind of, uh, I, I launched into it that way and I gave my I gave my little, tiny little brand the name of Birdie Design. And I then just continued to revisit it in different ways over the course of about 10 years alongside working in a shop and working at a newspaper and sort of building up a bit more of a conventional career until I decided to do it full time. And by that stage, design had kind of morphed in with communications and marketing to mean that if when I when I had a client in this phase of, of, uh, of self-employment, I gave them a kind of well-rounded design 
and comms service. And I did it for a year uh, before going back into conventional employment. Was it hard then going back to the nine to five? Was it a bit of a shock going from being your own boss to having a boss? It was a pleasure. Was it? I have to say, I love being part of a team, being part of a little set of cogs that all work together to, to deliver something. And I like going somewhere every day and talking to people and doing my work and going home. I didn't really thrive in freelance. It was the best thing for me, I think, to go back into to go back into the office. I think that's really brave, actually, to go into something that's completely different, to have all those people around you. And I know the council, it's not just one or two, is it? There's a lot of people working in, in the same building. Yeah, hundreds and hundreds of people. Uh, yeah, I think I did the reverse of what you might call the kind of American dream, which I, that kind of thing where it's like, yeah, that's it. Everybody's goal should be to be their own boss and run their own business. And I just don't think that's true. It suits a certain character type. And I know the character type now because I know a lot of people who freelance and who run their own business. And I sort of looked around me and went, you know what? I'm just not meant to be my own boss. Mm. I never get out of my pajamas and (laughs) I don't fare well by having those days where I do not speak to another real human. If you work from home, the best thing you can do is get up, get dressed (laughs) it's <laughs> the simplest thing <laughs> yeah. but get dressed uh, and sit down and set out your day and tell yourself what time you're going to finish and I didn't do that mm. I do now I was going to say is there anything that you've picked up from freelancing that that makes you more productive in your in your job now working from home I mean when I work from home I'm logged on and people can see and they can see if I'm right. active. So I could never, even if I wanted to and I wouldn't dare, I could never get away with going, oh, yeah, I was working all day yesterday <laughs> and I was actually at the pub because they would know for well that I wasn't online. Uh, so there is this thing of if my manager wanted to, and I don't think she's inclined to anyway, she could check whether I was logged on at 9 o'clock. Yeah, and, that and level all that of accountability, of isn't there? It is. And also, if I didn't do that, nothing would get done because even though I'm working from home, normal office hours still apply to everybody else who I need to work yeah. with. I, I can't go, well, I'm working from home, so I'm going to start at three in the afternoon and finish at midnight and I'll have done all my hours because nobody else will be answering their emails no. on their phone. So it is a very different, very different beast working from home when you work for a larger organisation. So today I've been talking about procrastination. So have you ever experienced it? No, I am perfect, actually. I thought you might say that. I've never wasted time ever in my life. Yes, yes, I have. (laughs) I'm terrible. The more I have to do, the more likely I am to go, oh, the fridge might need cleaning. (laughs) Or, uh, yeah, there's always that thing that somehow things that you would never, ever want to do become really, really enticing because you have too much work to do. Yeah. (laughs) It's usually a chore. Some sort of chore will suddenly look very, very important because you don't want to don't even know where to begin facing up to how much you have to do I think that's when time wasting really 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 Mm. kicks in so for you is it the amount of stuff that you've got on your list or is it fear of getting it wrong or just having too much in your head being scared of letting people down or is it just the sheer quantity not knowing where you're going to go with something yet because actually I think time wasting has its place in the creative industry because it's not time wasting it's more like lying dormant until you get that little wave of inspiration you've got to wait for a little bit of divine inspiration when when you work in a creative industry and you can't force it and if you do you'll you'll end up forcing a square peg into a round hole and you're not going to come up with something that any of you are particularly proud of so let, let's not call it let's rebrand time wasting okay. <laughs> something really positive yeah what should we call it um I would call it being 
pregnant with brilliance. Pregnant with brilliance. I love it. You haven't given birth to brilliance yet. You're pregnant with it, which is why you are eating biscuits and kind of considering mowing the lawn. But that's because you're pregnant with brilliance. So when you are feeling pregnant with brilliance, um, what what do you do <laughs> to get on with it, to tackle your procrastinating head? Do something else because that there's always a guilt that comes with being pregnant with brilliance because you think oh my god if everybody else is working so much harder than me right now this is terrible so if you can shift that into going well i didn't come up with a concept i was supposed to be but i did finish all my timesheets or i did answer every single email in that you know that shared inbox or whatever it is so yeah shifting your focus is probably is probably a really good one to do but that might be a bit specific to conventional office work rather than self-employment what do you do well, I'm, I've I'm been talking. <laughs> I've been talking a bit today in this podcast about just starting, having a just start. So whatever you do, a bit like you were saying, whatever you do, take that one small step towards it. Just doing something so you feel like you've achieved something, um, and that's that's sometimes easier to do in an office environment because if I've I've only just kind of started a new role and. You have those weeks at the beginning where you feel like such a spare part and you then realise actually if you just look around and keep your ears open, somebody will reveal that they really need something doing and you can go, oh, because it's generally going to be something that's quite basic and quite easy to do. You can, you can kind of pick things up from other people, which again is a really, really nice part of working, working in a big team of a team of colleagues. Yeah, you're all in it together and you can all help each other out if you're feeling a bit procrastinating pregnant with brilliance sorry yes yeah come on <laughs> commit to it <laughs> yeah that's it i'll rename the whole podcast tackling yeah being pregnant with brilliance giving birth no yeah. this, this is going too far i think there's actually loads of parallels i don't think it's going far enough i think we could <laughs> we could go through like the morning sickness of being pregnant <laughs> with brilliance all the the labor the the, yeah, the pain exactly. the of pain. birthing a yeah, and then how once thought. it's out, actually there's there's a new set of problems because it yeah. builds a life of its own. And oh, it keeps yeah. you up yeah, all is... night. And wait, no, I don't like this anymore. This this is this, <laughs> this has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we're nearly done. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Giving it away? Go all night. No, I think I think it's I think it's crossed a line. I think it's turned a corner. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to impart wisdom-wise before you go? I would say, having having just said how much I felt, feel like I've really thrived by going back into the office, I had a doozy of a day today. Oh, I no. had a I had an unintentional nine-hour with no break because I was in the office, uh, whereas my days where I'm at home, I can go, no, I'm now taking 10 minutes, yep. and then I'll go back to it. But when yeah. you're in the office, it just snowballs. There is a lot to be said for not <laughs> following conventional paths. Yeah. Um, uh, and that working from home is something that I believe all industries need need to embrace. It would make a massive difference to people's to people's lives. Just being able to get up in the morning a little bit early than you need to start work and you can put a wash in the washing machine and when you're on your lunch you can hang it out and then I have a bit of a rule where uh, when my husband tells me he's leaving work I stop work because it's just a really good marker of like right we're, we're finishing work now yep, I like that. log off yeah and I'm immediately home <laughs> I'm immediately home from work <laughs> uh, and that and it just makes a difference to your overall 
happiness mm. and well-being. And that's what's important in the long run, isn't it? I mean, we can be self-employed, we can be freelance, we can have a you know conventional nine to five, but it's at the end of the day, it's all about being happy and healthy and working to live, not living to work. Thank you to Beth for joining me. It's been so lovely to get another point of view on procrastination and to hear a little bit about another freelancer or ex-freelancer's story. That wraps up this month's episode. I hope there's something in here that's encouraged you to just start and take that first little step to get out of procrastination station. If you feel in need of some extra support, feel free to get in touch with me. I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at The Freelancers Club or just drop me an email hello at ljstocks.co.uk. You can even leave me a voice message on the Anchor podcast app. If you'd like to be part of the Freelancers Club, click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and drop me a line if you'd like to be on a future episode. I'd love to get your opinion on how you play the Freelancers game. I'll be back next month with a shiny new episode. Thanks for listening. You're doing great. You've got this. <laughs>